Welcome to another episode of the Clay County Beacon Podcast. Today I have with me Diane Hutchings. Diane Hutchings, who is a current member of the Board of County Commissioners uh, and is now running for tax collector in Clay County. First of all, Ms. Hutchings, thank you uh, for spending some time with me today. Uh, tell everybody a little bit about yourself and why you want to be Clay County's next tax collector. Well, thank you, Josh. I appreciate the opportunity. Um, a little bit about me. I served in the uh, Green Coast Springs City Council way back in the 1990s. Um, they had term limits, three terms, but I only served two. Then I focused on um, taking care of my mom, who had Alzheimer's, and um, that was quite an experience, raising kids, going to school, and taking care of my mom. Um, had a very patient husband through all that, and then um, went into, I had been in banking in the 90s, and then I went into um, financial services with First Solomon Smith Barney as a broker, and then I transitioned over to financial planning, and um, I sat for the exam to be a certified financial planner, and that's really um, a good training for analysis, uh, analysis of information, and also looking at things from 35,000 feet up and seeing into the future, what do you do today is going to affect your future outcome. And so making those links together to get the desired outcome. I uh, enjoy working with individuals and helping them uh, plan their retirement and reach whatever goal they have. The worst part of my job is when the market's down. But I will say during COVID, my clients have just been extraordinarily uh, patient and very few have panicked. So uh, I don't know what just happened so fast. Maybe they weren't prepared to respond, but it has gone pretty smooth. After being on the uh, county commission for two terms, I was elected in 2012, so two terms. Um, my second term, I was unopposed. So a few years ago, I started thinking about um, getting to that age where I can decide do I want to another career change or stay where I'm at till I retire. And um, I decided that it would be fun to work in an organization um, and be a leader in the tax collector's office. So I uh, mentioned to Mr. Weeks that if he ever decided to retire, I'd love to know. So in January, he uh, came and told me that he was retiring, and uh, that's how I came about uh, filing to run. Interesting. Um, tell me, like, your perspective on uh – like, what does the tax collector do? And, and like, why should, why should, you know, the question that comes to mind me, you know, being a person who, honestly, I'm not, I mean, obviously tax collector collects taxes, right? But I don't know the ins and outs of the office. Um, right. why, why should the average citizen care who their tax collector is? Well, the tax collector, and this is, I've done some research and visited um, our office here in Clay County. This week I visited the tax collector's office in Nassau County. And I'm just trying to um, go look at models for best practices. But they actually, in Clay County, we have, um, in the last year, we did about a, close to a half million transactions. So for little old Clay County, that's a lot of business. When you consider everything from registering a vehicle, getting a driver's license, hunting license, fishing license, registering um, trailers and boats and motorcycles, uh, there's just a lot that goes on. And don't forget concealed weapons. So with all of those transactions, um, if you think about it, the tax collector's office is more likely to be the contact that the public has with government. Um, it's not too often you want to go to the courthouse. That's usually not a good thing. And not everybody goes there. Um, supervisor of elections, you don't necessarily have to go there. You can do everything online. 
but only every two years that you really interact with them. And a property appraiser, you get a bill once a year, or this is what your value is now, here's what you owe. But when it comes to the tax collector's office, um, you're everything from a birth certificate to registering vehicles, getting your driver's license for the first time. It really does touch the lives of the citizens. Um, as an organizational person, I like um, being a part of an organization, and I see this one as an amazing foundation. The employees there, there's about 68 employees, and they have collectively over 700 years of experience. Now, the good thing of that is there's lots of experience. The downside is we have quite a few people that are going to be retiring. So we're going to be losing some institutional knowledge in the next 12 months. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't. A lot of people forget that the the offices like tax collector and, and some of the others aren't just the person who is the elected official, but there's a lot of employees right. that actually do the day to day operations. Huh. That's that's an interesting point. How do you how do you feel like your 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 stint as you know a council member, city council member in Green Cove, and then now most recently uh, a member of the board of county commissioners? How do you feel like that sets you up for success as a tax collector? Well, any time that you can experience governmental accounting and budgeting, that is um, really good knowledge to have. The tax collector's office is a little bit unique compared to those two because the tax collector actually reports their budget to the Department of Revenue. And the money that you pay for fees on on getting your licenses and things like that comes back to pay for the service tax collector. And anything that's left over at the end of the year the tax collector turns over to the county commission as revenue that they can use for anything else. So it's a little bit unique, but I think it helps that I understand um, budgeting and the accounting practices in government. It also isn't a bad thing that um, I've experienced being a county commissioner. So I understand um, that the tax collector's office is, you know, one cog in a bigger picture of all the needs that there are in Clay County for the amount of tax revenue that comes in. It also means that I have a great relationship with the folks on the fourth floor. So um, Mr. Howard Watermaker, our county manager, has done a great job. And um, being able to work with him with things that, but let me put it this way, the county commission owns all the properties for the county. So the building um, that the tax collector is in, um, the one in Green Cove and the one in um, Orange Park, not Orange Park, um, Bear Run, yeah, Orange Park. Those two buildings are owned by the county, so that's the landlord, if you will. Right. So, you know, just having that foreknowledge and already having all that figured out, I think it um, sets me up for success. Do you, do you think of tax collector, I guess the way I see it, I view tax collector, the, the office, the job is more of a... Uh, uh, almost like in a, an accounting sort of a position. Like you have to account for the money that's coming in and then the fees and then you, you kick the fees up to, you know, the, the actual taxes up to the state. Um, you know, do you, do you feel like, um, I guess like my thought would be, it sounds like maybe your experience in financial planning might actually give you, you know, some valuable experience in terms of like managing the funds uh, from an accounting perspective. Right. Do you feel like that's accurate? or That is true. No, that's a very good observation. Yeah, we do. As the money is collected, you can invest it, and um, so I'm familiar with investments, and you have to invest it very, very conservatively. Also, my early, early career back in the 90s, I was in banking, and I started out as a teller. So a cashier at the tax collector's office is very much like a teller. 
people come in, they pay bills, they might get change back. Um, and then at the end of the day, they have to balance their till. So that's very familiar to me. Um, matter of fact, my claim to fame is uh, I worked a drive-in window one Friday and did over 500 transactions in one day. Oh, so nice. um, very familiar with cashiering and that sort of thing. Right. Yeah, and it's, it, you know, not to talk about it in a, in a reductive way, but that's essentially what the main function of the tax collector's office is to, yes. to handle those mm-hmm. transactions. Like you said, nearly half a million a year. Uh, that's, that's insane. I would not have guessed that high if someone had come to me and said, Hey Josh, how many transactions do you think the Clay County tax collector mm-hmm. office processes? I, I would not have guessed that much, but it actually kind of makes sense if you think about how many people are in the County, uh, just based mm-hmm. on things like, uh, renewing your tags, you know, uh, mm-hmm. most, most households have two cars, you know, mm-hmm. um, so anyway, um, anyway, I'm just thinking through that in my head, right? Um, what do you feel like, you know, you, you've obviously got some experience in, in governing local uh, matters, both in the, the city level and the county level. What do you feel like the biggest successes uh, are that you've had as a county commissioner? Well, I'll tell you one that is, um, it has to be explained to be fully appreciated. We, um, as a, the, the current county commission, have been wrestling with every time a new neighborhood is built, when they're finished, they turn their roads over to the county, but there's no money that comes with it for us to maintain them. And while everybody says, well, I pay ad valorem taxes, that should cover it, it does not. The ad valorem taxes that are collected in Clay County barely cover uh, fire and rescue and the sheriff's department. It doesn't cover the parks. It doesn't cover personnel. I mean, it's very slim what that covers. So by stopping that and telling the developer, we're not going to maintain those. When they need to be reserviced or a pothole needs to be filled, you need to have a mechanism in place to do that. So like the community I live in, we have, um, it's, it's a private community, so we pay extra on our ad valorem bill, and that money is accumulated, and when it's time, actually it's not on my, um, I don't think that money is on my I think it's the HOA that I pay it to. Anyway, what I pay in, along with all my neighbors, it gets my road resurfaced. And it's not the county's responsibility. So all new neighborhoods going forward, and that will reduce the inventory of roads that our county dollars have to take care of. So when people say somebody's got to pay for the growth, they're exactly right. And that plan that we've just put in place right before all this growth occurs is going to save the county a lot of money. The downside is it's not something that's going to be anybody's going to stop and quantify how much money have we saved. But for those five of us on the county commission, we know if somebody had done that for our commission 20 years ago, we'd be in much better shape today. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. That, that amount of money over the course of that many years, yeah, obviously would, mm-hmm. uh, would, would be uh, something that could be used to benefit people. Um, so, you know, I think your, your experience to me is, is one of the most interesting you know, aspects of, of you running for this office. Um, you obviously have a hand in the, the major goings on of the government of the county, right? Like, what do, you, what do you think some things right now in Clay County that are going well? Like, what do you think are the good things that are happening currently in the county? Probably one of the best things is uh, for local government to come up with money to build new roads or expand roads is very difficult. As I told you before, we don't collect enough to cover the basics most of the time. So the fact that the um, citizens of Clay County two years ago voted to extend the sales tax another 20 years, that gave us the ability to go out and get bonds and accumulate those future dollars in the one pot 
So we now have 120 million plus that um, we're already, everything's underway, and we're going to start increasing the road capacity in um, several, I think it's about six areas of the county. So I'm not sure I could name them off the top of my head, but uh, especially, I know anybody that goes down 220 and bottlenecks at Henley, help is coming. It doesn't come fast, but it's planned, it's paid, it's funded, and, and it will come. So I think that's going to make a huge difference. Um, I'm excited to see the uh, cooperation of our new county manager with staff. Good leadership is vital to your staff performing at their highest level. And uh, I've heard nothing but good things from the staff on um, how he approaches them, how he helps problem solve and supports them. So that was a new hire um, just a little over a year ago. So I think those two things are really big things for the future of Clay County. All right. Yeah, but that's, that's interesting. I don't, I don't disagree with you on any of those. Um, what do you feel like are the, the county's biggest opportunities for improvement? Well, um, if I was going to look at opportunities for improvement, I will tell you that I personally don't see, um, you always hear there's fat in government. Well, there may be in Washington, D.C., and there may be at the state level, but I can tell you personally from being here in the county and going over budgets for the last eight years, there's not a lot of fat in that budget. Now, there's a lot of obligations that former commissioners put in place that are difficult because, you know, when you first do something the first year, it doesn't seem like it's much money that we get 20 years down the road and it's blossomed over $20 million, That's a lot of money. And we do have some employee benefits that um, blossomed and became really big numbers. Um, And we've started with uh, peeling some of that back, back in uh, 2015, I believe it was, that any new employees wouldn't get those same benefits. So that, you know, we addressed it somewhat, but that's the only area that I see some some really big benefits. liabilities that are taking money away from what could be done for other things. And the, the kind of liabilities I'm talking about are accumulating your sick days for years and years and years. And then when you go to retire, that's on a whole nother bucket of money right. uh, coming from the private sector. I could never do that. Uh, the private sector caps that liability and uh, in government, we don't, we just say, well, whatever you don't use, we'll pay you for down the road. Right. And it's yeah. not healthy. It's not healthy to not take time mm-hmm. off from work either. Like, it, you know, yeah. uh, you know, I know a lot of businesses, uh, you know, that, that sort of encourage their people via not letting them accumulate that much, um, you know, to take their time. Like, uh, you know, no mm-hmm. one, no one should not take time away from work. It makes you, uh, you know, anyway, I could, I could talk all day about that. That's another <laughs> podcast episode for me. Uh, you know, it's it, people, mm-hmm. people should invest in themselves by right. taking time away from the stress of work. Like not every job, mm-hmm. you know, not everybody's curing cancer or trying to put a man on the moon, but like every job has stressors and it's just not healthy mm-hmm. for somebody to, to never take time away. Uh, no, no, I'm lucky. I've got a five-year-old daughter, like, you know, so I've got incentive. She's at the age where she's, you know, fun to hang out with and do stuff with. So yeah. I'm always like, ah, you know what? I'll take half a day today and go, uh, you know, go hang out with her. But yeah, so that's interesting because mm-hmm. um, people forget, you know, the, the biggest expense of any budget is going to be, usually personnel and, and what you're spending on your yeah. on paying your people. Do you feel like limiting some of those benefits has made it harder to attract 
talented people to the county not that we don't have talented people now but there's always you know people retiring and spots to well you know we compete with the private sector so up until february you know when everything started going in a different direction we were having a terrible time trying to recruit people because when you want to recruit a professional and you say well this is what we can pay but oh by the way we have all these great benefits when you retire you get blah 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 well number one in this culture people don't look at oh this is my forever job it they don't want to look at retirement if i stay here so that's not real appealing so i think if we uh, did roll back some of those long-term way out there benefits and instead focused on paying people today that we would be more competitive yeah it's always going to be hard for the government to compete with the private sector though because yeah. the government doesn't generate funds right it takes exactly. funds from from citizens and uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know I'm, I'm notoriously anti-taxes so I won't I won't get you go down that rabbit hole with me but uh, people say that my views are crazy on that sort of stuff but uh but but the government itself as an entity trying to recruit people is always going to be a disadvantage to the private sector because a company that makes money and generates cash can then decide how much of that cash they want to use whereas the right. government's a little more limited so um, what's your thought on, on like term limits? It sounds like you had two positions um, that you've been term limited out of the, the Green Coast City Council and now County Commissioners. Do you feel like that's good, bad, indifferent? Well, I was not termed out of Green Cove. I could have oh, stayed for another term, yeah. but I chose not to. Gotcha, and no, I'm actually pro term limits. Um, I, I personally don't think they're as valuable locally as they would be in Washington. But um, it is what it is. The, the only caveat I would say is that I think three terms is a good number. And um, it, it has to do with when you have some longevity, it gives you that uh, pool of historical knowledge. For instance, this year, we're going to have three new people on the county commission. And um, the, the other two will be rolling off in two years or one in two years. So in two years, you'll have one senior person and everybody else has had two years of experience. And I'll tell you what that does in an elective situation. Um, and you see this a lot on the school board as well, is people come in with these gung-ho ideas and they you know, start espousing, this is what we need to do. And those that have been around a while look at each other and then look back, go, mm, been there, done that, tried it, and it didn't work. Well, it just had, if you had more institutional knowledge, you wouldn't, be spending time on things that you've already explored and that didn't work. So, and not only that, I can tell you that for our staff, especially our county manager, when he has that many new people that he's got to call weekly and do uh, weekly phone meetings or in-person meetings with each of the five people because he's got to teach them all the background for the issue before it even gets to, and this is what we're dealing with today. Whereas with me, we, we can talk 10 minutes a week and I'm, pretty good up to par if there's nothing new government moves pretty slow so i can stay on top of it um so i think that's probably um why i like three terms and actually this past year um not this past year two years ago we had a uh, charter review commission the charter has to be reviewed every four years by charter and um the committee bounced it around and had a very close split vote on whether or not to put it on the ballot and let voters decide if they want to term limit. Well, it doesn't take rocket scientists to know how it's going to come out because the, the public, the voters are demanding term limits. Yeah. So um, the committee, it just went kind of sideways and it was really, in my opinion, a split vote. I think one vote made the difference. 
So we took it up on the county commission, and the county commission put it on the ballot. Um, and it wasn't because we were trying to do a gotcha or anything like that. It was, if you know the public wants this, then it, you're being political to hold it back and say, no, because you're not smart enough to know if this is a good idea or not. Right. So we put it on the ballot. It passed tremendously, but it was for three terms, and that's for our five constitutional. So, um, again, I'll probably serve two out of the three and be happy and be on my way. But um, I think that's a good thing for Clay County, and it was certainly what the voters wanted. Yeah, that's sort of where I fall, too. I, I, I understand the concept behind term limits, um, you know, and I, and I agree with the, the principle, but I think, you know, I've heard some people call for, for one-and-done sort of term limits on, on offices. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I don't know, a normal job takes someone six months to a year to really get fully up to speed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you add in, you know, most county commissioners, you know, just like you, you have an actual business that you run in addition right. to, to managing, you know, in part as part of the commission, the affairs of the county. So I can only imagine that with the complexities that come along with that, like how much longer it actually takes for somebody to really get their feet under them. I'm for term limits, but it's gotta be the right term. And I, I'm somewhere with you, you know, two or three seems right to me. Anything more than that seems like a, like a little bit, a little bit much, obviously one, right. you know, seems like it, that's just silly, right? Um, so yeah, why have elected officials if they can only serve one term? Yeah, yeah at that point, you know, I, yeah, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense, right? Like, uh, but I mean, you could you could have a conversation about do we have too many elected officials? I think there's a there's a good conversation to be had there. Like, you know, do we really need as many people as we do? But you know, the the counterpoint to that is just what we talked about. The tax collector's office is not just a person who is elected tax collector doing all the tax collector work, right? It's an entire staff of human beings who have mm-hmm. to actually process the transactions and, and handle all the back end stuff, you know. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's really more, it's more akin to me, this role and, uh, you know, uh, clerk of the court and some of the others are more akin to like an executive in a, in a large company, like a president or vice president sort of coordinating a staff and making sure rules and policies and regulations are adhered to, right? So what is, exactly. let, let's say we wave a magic wand just to switch <laughs> switch speed a little bit, and, and we give Diane Hutchings complete control over the future of Clay County. What what would an ideal future for our county look like in your mind? Like what, what would be for you what you want to see Clay County look like as it continues to grow and move forward? Well, I'll tell you one thing that I have enjoyed about the um, stay-in-place order and, and kind of we're still in there a little bit. I've enjoyed seeing families together, like in my neighborhood during the day, they would just be going for walks and bike rides. And, um, you know, it's healthy when your families are doing things like that together. And it it was pushed on us, forced on us that we had to stop and take a breather. But in many ways, I think it's been good. And it kind of made me think about, boy, I wish it could be like this all the time where you had that sense that families were healthy and together and, um, that Clay County was a safe place for the kids to go ride their bike and, and neighbors knew each other, not just, um, you know, get in the garage and run in the house, but actually stood out under a tree and visited. So um, I would just like to see more of that for Clay County. I think there's a lot of um, potential in terms of some of the new um, construction that's coming, new communities. You still have Older communities, and I'll, I'll give you, for instance, in my district, is the town of Orange Park is pretty much built out, and um, you're, you're not going to be able to increase the capacity on Highway 17 without wiping out a bunch of businesses. So it's there. It's what it's always going to look like. But coming up with alternatives is, is really going to help. And when you can see that outer beltway 
that is completed and the trucks start going that way and you don't have the big semis as much coming down 17, it's going to make a big difference. Um, at least it's somebody like me that pays attention to that. Probably for some people it doesn't matter, but um, those big trucks on 17, it's, uh, it's a lot of wear and tear on the uh, road as well as it's not real safe to be driving where there's lots of red lights and big trucks. Right. So I think it'll be, that'll be for me in the future, just having that big commercial traffic kind of go around and being able to get around in the county better because there'll be more east-west roads. And um, when we get our new neighborhoods and everything in place, there'll also be a new connector in the middle of the county. So right now it's like we have this one big square. You've got, um, well, maybe 220 and Kingsley. And then you got Highway 16 down in the south, and you got Blanding or 17 east and west. And that's it. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's not real easy to get around. So that's going to be improving a lot too. So I, I just think Clay County is going to be different. And, you know, change is hard for us as humans. We're, most of us are just wired to go, eh, I don't know. Uh, first time I drove out to Middleburg and saw where they had cleared all the property for um, the interstate, it was a little like, yeah, I have to admit, my, my chest kind of fell in like, oh my gosh, what are we doing? It's jarring. Um, yeah, it's definitely jarring. <laughs> it just looks so different. It is. I remember uh, I was riding in a car and I and, and I wasn't paying attention the first time I rode out that way after they cleared all the trees. Because uh, uh-huh. they did it. They did it quick too. Like they were, it was a couple yeah. days and boom, they were. Uh, and That's I remember driving part. out there and I'm, I'm looking at my cell phone and I look up and for like a couple of seconds, I'm disoriented. I'm like, wait, where the heck are we? I'm like, is this, okay, the, Josh, you weren't driving. You were sitting at a red light with your cell phone, right? No, no, no. I was a passenger. <laughs> Somebody else was driving. Oh, yeah, passenger. Yeah, 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 oh, yeah, even yeah. better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, 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 definitely. Yep. Yeah, yeah. No, I try to stay off my phone. Uh, I've been given, yeah. given some warnings by our lovely, uh, sheriff's deputies to pay more attention. So, you know, I'll just, I'll just admit that to everybody right now, but, but yeah, there you know, and, and growth is coming and, and we've got some people that are, that I've encountered that are just curiously anti-growth, but like the, you know, good luck making things not grow. Right. It's just going to happen. So well, here's my response to that. Um, there's a lot of people that were large landowners in the County and um, they had their cattle or whatever they used their large piece of property for. And then they got to an age and decided, you know what, um, we're not going to leave this to the kids. They've all moved away. Let's just sell it. So I see that as a private property, right? Yeah, that if they want to sell it for highest and best use, who who is government to come up and go, oh, no, but we don't want growth. You can't sell your property to them. You cannot be developed. Right. Um, so it, to me, it's not a growth issue. It's a private property issue. Yeah, I totally agree. Like, you know, people own the land, and if they want to sell it mm-hmm. to somebody who's going to do something else with it, I have no right to tell them. Now, you know, and, and I, just as much as anybody, I love the, the scenic parts of our county, right? Like, you know, right. you know and, it, and, it, and I have a little you know, tinge of sadness when I see uh, things being wiped out, but like, that's what happens. Like it just, you know, it's part of, it's part of the natural evolution of, of how neighborhoods and counties and communities advance and grow. So, you know, like like I said, good luck to anybody who thinks that they're going to be able to to stop it from happening. (laughs) What you've got to do is harness it, you know, and and, and sort of guide it to a way where it's beneficial for everybody. Like, and I think that's, you know, part of what you and the board of county commissioners are trying to do. That's what I see everybody, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, So, so last thing I have for you, I, I want you to give uh, the the voters of Clay County uh, your your thirty second elevator pitch of of why they should make you their next tax collector. Well, um, as far as electing Diane Hutchings for tax collector, I can tell you that I get it. We don't like paying taxes. However, since we have to, we want to make sure that our transaction is accurate. 
that our tax bill is accurate. We want to make sure that we are uh, able to conveniently go and pay our taxes. So there's plenty of opportunity that way, whether it's online or going to a local branch. And then also we want it to be courteous. We want people to treat us well. We should have, we should get good customer service when we go in because they are taking care of you, the taxpayer, when you go in the office. And then finally, you want it to be done in a way that is efficient so that you know the office is being run efficiently. Um, it's, it's run with enough technology that it lowers the cost of employees, how many you have to have. And at the same time, provides a very efficient experience for the person that comes in, the taxpayer. So those are my things that I think I will focus on as a taxpayer. And I'm currently doing a best practices tour. I've um, toured all of Clay County's offices and visited with all the managers about an hour each. And this week, I went up to Nassau County and visited with their directors for um, an hour each. And I plan on continuing to do that because that's how I learn is just seeing how the same thing can be accomplished, but in different ways and different places to come up with best practices. Sounds good. Yep. I'm with you. Why, why reinvent the wheel when you can steal it from your neighbor, yep. right? You know, I'm, I'm with <laughs> exactly. you there. So. Um, so, you know, I'll tell you what I've told everybody else. I, I appreciate your time. I know things are busy. You've got a business, you're running for an office, you're, you're already serving in another office. Uh, you know, so I appreciate you carving out some time for me and, you know, I wish you best of luck at the bowls. Well, thank you for the opportunity, Josh, to reach out there and connect. It's been difficult with this whole COVID thing to get the message out. So thank you for helping.